Hey there. Before we get started, Matt and I wanted to say welcome to our first-time listeners tuning in for our special interview today. We'd love for you to explore our other episodes, too. You'll find everything from movie reviews, top 10 lists, Disney trivia, and so much more. Here's a sneak peek of past episodes and how you can become social with us. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Do it. We met at the Disney store. Welcome to what this podcast is going to be. Is me just <laughs> going, Casey, oh my goodness. I know, right? How? So, along. Um, I was a very scared child and especially scared of the dark. So nothing's changed. So you're almost like late to the game from a, what a lot of like Disney people, I think, yeah, so we're going to do some um, interesting segments, one of them being a first-time viewership. All of this was hand-drawn animation that had to be inserted onto the live-action footage. Then we're going to have a very fun segment called Convince Me. Yes, I'm excited about this one. Splash Mountain is the number one ride at Magic Kingdom. I'm still working on my Mickey Mouse voice. <laughs> there you go. Hey, you know what? It's Oh, boy. There we go. <laughs> the second installment of the Diz Games Challenge. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try that again. And new episodes every Tuesday and Friday, so keep checking back. If you want to email us, beersandears1928 at gmail.com. Facebook group, Beers and Ears Podcast. And on Twitter and Instagram, at beersandears1928. Putting out a lot of fun content on there. Rate and review us. Five stars, five stars. And with that, we really hope you check us out and subscribe. You can find us wherever you get your podcast. Let's get started with this week's show. Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Matt. And my name is Casey. Welcome, everybody. We have got a show that I am so excited about. We have been geeking out about this for a couple of weeks. Uh, we have a very special guest with us today. Uh, if you are a Disney podcast connoisseur like Matt and I are, you are going to recognize the voice who's about ready to say hello. I want to say hello to our special guest, Mr. Lou Mangello from the WDW Radio. Hello, Lou. Casey and Matt, thanks so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for being on. We really appreciate you taking the time to be on our podcast. No, this should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. So for those of you who don't know who Lou is, which there might be a couple of you out there, Lou has uh, ran the WDW radio podcast for Lou. If I'm not mistaken, you're, uh, I know you're over 10 years, right? Is it close to 15 years? If I'm not mistaken? Yeah, it's 15 years this year. Jeez, oh, Pete, I knew I knew it was in that range. And you've got well over 500 podcasts. I think you're approaching 600 at this point or close to it. I mean, you, you, you as I said to you offline, you are the godfather of, of Disney podcasts. So <laughs> I corrected you and I said grandfather, not the godfather. <laughs> well, t- talk to us a little bit, just real quick. How did you get into this? I mean, this is such a, I mean, 15 years ago, this would have been a very niche thing. Uh, how how did you get into it? How you know where did your involvement with Disney start, and how did you really get into this this trade this trade really? The answer to both questions is really the same thing. I'm a total nerd, right? So <laughs> I was a I've been a Disney fan since I was a little kid, going to Disney World since November of '71, hopping in the family truckster with my parents driving down from Jersey, and I was always a bit of a, a tech nerd and a computer geek, and 
in early 2005, um, and yes, like people say, you mean 2015? I'm like, no, I really mean 2005. Um, <laughs> I heard about this new technology called podcasting. Um, I mean, it wasn't, it was very much in its infancy, just a couple of months old. Um, and I had a friend at the time who was also a computer nerd. And, and I was super intrigued because I, I really believe now more than ever that the spoken word is so much more powerful than anything that you can write in terms of conveying feeling and emotion and happiness and sadness that I, I really wanted to get in on it. Plus I stink at typing. So this was an excuse not <laughs> to type my content. We figured out how to do it again. This is like pre iTunes, pre all this kind of stuff, not even knowing if anybody would listen. And it's still to this day, it's the core. It's my favorite thing that I do. And if I'm not mistaken, you, you originally had kind of a, full-time career you're from i believe the northeast correct i am from new jersey originally okay yep um i, I was a lawyer in my past life uh, <laughs> which some of you may count as two strikes against me i swear i'm a really nice guy but um, <laughs> yeah i was a lawyer in new jersey i had an it consulting company on the side um you know so I was sort of juggling two full-time careers um and i had this idea to write a book and i all i knew about was disney so i wrote the book i wanted to read which is a, a disney trivia book and it sort of snowballed and eventually i left my my it consulting company and i got out of the practice of law and sold my house to and moved to florida and i've been really talking about disney full time since about 2007 2008 so you so you talked a little bit about driving down to Disney World was was the parks your like first contact with Disney or was there a certain movie or character or something that like sparked you you like your first memory of Disney you know it's hard to to pinpoint it because I always sort of felt that Disney was a part of my life so I'm going to show how old I am so in 71 I was three years old and I may not remember the first visit fortunately my mom has this wonderful photo of me on Main Street with long 70s hair, really bad clothes and my Mickey ears. But we went every year. But I always felt that Disney was just part of our lives and sort of something that was part of our family. I remember sitting down on Sunday nights to watch, you know, Wonderful World of Disney on TV and, and you know, going to Disney movies with my parents. You know, I loved Mary Poppins and, and Peter Pan since I was a kid. So it was always just sort of part of, you know, part of my dna i guess mm -hmm. that's that's amazing and in your show the wdw radio show and, and again i know you're gonna probably blush but i mean it is it is the number one or, or close to one of the number one rated disney podcasts out there i mean it's it's highly successful you're your box people Facebook group is my one of my go-to resources when I need some information about what's going on with Disney because you've got such an amazing fan base of your show. Can you maybe just talk a little bit about just how you were able to grow that success and and just develop that develop how a successful podcast like that? So I want to sort of politely um, just correct something that you said because you keep talking Please. about me and and the show getting all these reviews and and the fan base and i and i really like that word is just it's it's the wrong word because it's about community right yeah. so those reviews are all because of the person behind that right there's there's a person that took their time who fortunately has been enjoying the show that on their own you know um went out and and left 
hopefully a nice review. And the same thing with the community. Again, the core of what I do going back to 2004 when I started my first discussion forum. This is pre-social media. I had a discussion forum on my website, hmm. not knowing who was going to join, how it was going to grow. And, and those people, um, and they are my friends. They are not fans because that's how I look at them. And that's how I want them to feel about yeah. me. I say this all the time because I mean it, man. Like I, I may have built the clubhouse, but they are the ones who populate it. Um, and and everything, any sort of quote unquote success to use your word of, for, of WW radio comes be- from, and because of every individual in that community. I think that's been one of the fun things about starting this podcast is we have started to talk to a bunch of people who are enjoying the content. And and like you said, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's nice to hear from someone that they like what you did, but it's fun to then interact with that person of like, Oh my gosh, you're a fellow Disney person. And, and now let's, let's interact and talk because you like Disney and I like Disney. Let's, let's talk. And it's, it, it, it's very fun. It's, it, it, it's um, I'm trying to find the right word here. Um, you have that connection. You've got that immediate sort of uh, um, commonality between you. Yeah. And you find that it's not about Mickey Mouse and Space Mountain and Dole Whips. Okay, maybe it's a little bit about the food, but there's, I just think that there's <laughs> this value system and ideal set that sort of, you know, is is inherent in all, in all Disney fans. And that's really the things that we share. Well, you said you said the word community, which I think is such a, brilliant word for this because in a lot of ways it goes back to Walt's ideal of a better society of where we look out for one another we take care of one another we 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 give to one another and and as Matt put it I mean we've we've just got a small taste of that I mean we've only been doing this for not even not even three months yet we're just about two two and a half months into this and we were looking at our analytics before you hopped on and 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 you know we're excited you know oh my goodness we've had 35 downloads today and they're all across the country we got someone from nebraska who's listening now and someone from colorado springs who's listening now you know and 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 it's fun and you know, it all started with our inner circle of friends, people who we know who are friends and family members, and then they told somebody about it. And I, I think that word community is just the perfect word to describe the Disney fan because, I mean, Disney Disney ex- extends, it's, it's going to be a, a century here pretty quick. And I mean, no other brand makes you feel the way that Disney makes you feel, you know? So you hit on on a couple of, of things that I love, right? So one, it's about how we feel, right? We love Disney not because of the rides and the shows, but because of the feeling that it gives us. That's why there's podcasts about Disney. That's why we move to Disney. That's why we vacation there. That's why we work there, right? And But you also talked about, and I, and I love this, man, and, and when I first met you, like, I, I, I did. I just totally dig you. Like you talk about how you went to your analytics and you looked at those numbers and you celebrated every single person and you cared about where they're from. And because you realize that that whether it's 35 or 3,500, there's a person behind Mm -hmm. that that's giving you the most valuable commodity, which is their time. I hear all the time, especially from people like podcasts, like, oh, I only had 40 downloads this week. And I'm like, really? When does your show come out? They're like, "Uh, Mondays. I'm like, imagine if 40 people showed up at your door Monday night at eight o'clock and was like, okay, we're going to, you know, come sit in your living room and you're going to talk to us about Disney for a week. You'd be like, 
Oi, I need more Doritos. Like 40 people <laughs> is a lot. Three people is a lot. Like there's yeah. somebody that's giving you that time. And I love the fact that you celebrate and appreciate every one of them. One of my one of my friends who who listens to this podcast, his name's Sharif. I, I worked with him at my my other employer. He told me a story uh, a few weeks back when we first got moving that you know it's a nighttime routine. His son, who's uh, not even ten years old, maybe he's ten. I can't remember exact age, but he's right in that age range. He has gotten into podcast and. His son, it has become a bedtime routine on Tuesdays and Fridays. When our show comes out on Tuesdays and Fridays, he wants to listen to the Beers and Ears podcast before he goes to bed. And I, I, I just, it, his name's Aiden. We, we shouted him out several episodes back, but I just, I love that story. And then we had another uh, friend of ours who I've known since college, Amber, who's got a, a Disney blog. And she, she messaged me one day. She's like, Hey, is your, is your show safe for kids? Is it like GP? I'm like, Oh yeah, it's absolutely safe for kids. And so now her and her three kids listen to the show and you know, these are people I've known, but then there's other people who I don't know, but I want to know. And mm-hmm. as Matt said, there is just something so thrilling about interacting with them on, on our Facebook page or getting an email from them or getting a tweet from them or them liking one of our Instagram photos. You know, Matt's been kind of handling the social media part of it, but, you know, he talks about it all the time. I, I don't think you understand how excited I get for <laughs> tweets and Instagram things. Like the dopamine hit on my brain is like, yes. <laughs> well, it's validating, right? It's validating Cause look, as podcasters, we create this content and you hang on, like you guys are done recording it. Like, Oh my God, that was awesome. And you put it out there and then you wait yeah. and you wait. And it's just, sometimes it's silent. And when you get that validation of a comment, a like, a heart, a share, whatever it is, it makes you feel good that someone is not only listening, but they took, again, more of their time to let you know or to tell a friend. And, and I mean, that's the best reward that you could ask for. I think the podcasting thing for me and the creating any type of content, you, you do get kind of that delayed thing where it's, you know, you create the content, you say, wow, this is great. And you put it out there and then you wait. Um, my background, um, I'm a classically trained musician mm. and when you're performing a concert, the second you are done, everyone applauds. And so you go, wow, great. This is awesome. And so to have that delayed reaction is like you put it out there and go, okay, okay, hopefully, hopefully someone likes this. And Lou, you touched on this back in 2005, this up and coming medium, this up and coming technology. How amazing is it that something like this, you know, done right now in the suburbs of Chicago, Illinois for our show, or in your cases, the Orlando, Florida area can literally reach not just your neighbors, not just your state, but across the country and internationally. I mean, again, we were looking at our analytics and, you know, we've got people listening in Turkey. We've got people listening in the United Kingdom. We've got people listening in Brazil. It was like six or seven countries listed there when we were looking. And we're going, how? That is just so cool that that reaches that far out there, you know? Isn't it crazy to think about that, that someone on the opposite side of this planet is listening to you, like stopping what they're doing or while they're driving to work or on the treadmill or whatever, they're listening to you like they care. I did. It's still to this day, man, 15 years later, it, it it blows me away. It absolutely well, even does. Even what we're doing right now, where, uh, it, spoiler alert, we're not together. We're all nope. three <laughs> different places. <laughs> yeah, not even Matt and I. I mean, Matt, you're over in Rockford, or over in, uh, not Rockford, I always screw that up. You're over in uh, Woodstock. 
Woodstock. Why do I always if, mess if, it up? So, so Matt, I, 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 I've never publicly said this on the pod. So um, if you have watched the movie Groundhog Day with Bill Murray, the town that is fake Puxatawney is the town I live in. Like, seriously. No kidding. That's where they filmed it. That's where they filmed it. Yeah. <laughs> and the Super Bowl commercial that was that they that just aired that Jeep did was filmed in my home or not hometown, but in the town that I live in right now. So yes, so Groundhog Day is a huge deal where I live. It's hilarious. I love it. Oh, I love it. So, I dig it. So yeah, so you're in Woodstock. I'm in Elgin. Yeah, okay, we're both in Illinois, but you're in Orlando. Like th- that's just it's amazing when you think about the technology and you know it, people used to have to have a giant broadcast booth and be sponsored by a, a major corporation to be able to do what we're doing right now. And this is allowed, like you said, people to have their spoken word put out there to find those those niches of fans and family and friends who who think like you think and i just i just just it blows me blows me away well it's incredibly empowering because there's no more gatekeeper right and what i mean by that is if you wanted to you know be on the radio somebody had to give you a radio slot you know at a a radio station if you wanted to be on tv you had to wait for somebody to give you an opportunity if you wanted to be published and publish a book somebody had to give you a book publishing deal now we can do all those things on our own and mm-hmm. more importantly, we can connect with people who are like-minded anywhere they are around the world in, in time-shifted formats. Um, you know, it's it's an amazing time that we live in, both as as content creators and just people that are looking to connect with with people that that are of similar interests. So I want to shift just gears a little bit and because not only do you do the podcast, but you've also, I mean, you're you're a you travel the world and and talk to people and talk to audiences about following your dream and about kind of pursuing the things that matter most to you. And you've also created something called the momentum retreat, correct? So can you talk a little bit about that aspect of what you do? I, I find that so fascinating. Yeah, I was always I always liked going to conferences because I always believe in trying to learn all the time. And when I first started this, obviously I knew nothing. So I went out to every conference I possibly could to learn about, you know, social media marketing and and even before there was social media, you know, podcasting and blogging. And the more I went, I started, you know, getting to meet people and and I started to get asked to speak and sort of share my story, especially once I left the practice of law and started to do this full time. And I don't really look at myself as a motivational speaker. I'm not like a rah-rah, you know, going to make you cry and cheer kind of thing. But I do (laughs) want to help people follow that same kind of thing. Look, I, I wake up every day, man, 17 years later doing this, I wake up every day super excited to get to work. And I hate going to bed at night because I just love what I do. And I think life is too short not to do what you love every day. So I want to help people turn what they love into what they do. So I do a lot of presentations for, you know, at conferences, whether it be about social media, podcasting, yes, you know, pursuing your passion, but also bringing a lot of Disney into it as well. I do a lot of speaking to corporate events and and things like that uh, about everything from customer service and, and leadership and lessons that we can learn from Disney and the Disney parks and integrate that into what we're doing, whether we're podcasters or bloggers or have a brick and mortar store. And then, so what is, what is the momentum uh, conference that you do? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So when I started going to conferences, I, you know, look, I love going because I love learning and I love meeting people, but sometimes they can be overwhelming. You know, when you sit in a room of 2,500, 3,000 people and there's somebody up on a keynote stage, 
you know, it's great when you go and you're trying to figure out what sessions should you go to because so many of them overlap. But I, I, really what prompted it was I went to a conference one year. I came back with this notebook full of ideas and stuff I was going to learn and was going to execute on. And, and I still to this day, I have this notebook on my desk as a reminder. I came home. I put the notebook down. So excited to start doing it. And then life got in the way. Right. And my real job mm -hmm. and my family. And all of a sudden, all those things in the notebook. I never was, I never executed on. And believe it or not, I, I'm sort of an introverted extrovert. So I would go to conferences alone and, and it would be hard for me sometimes to meet people. So I wanted to make it easier for people who were sort of following a similar type of path. So I created Momentum, which is a 50 person, two day, one room event in Walt Disney World, which by the way, happens to take place during Food and Wine Festival, not an accident, I can assure you. So <laughs> the idea is that you're going to come and learn from people who have walked the walk. Um, every one of the speakers has been in your position, has sort of done what you are trying to do, and they really share practical and tactical advice. And it's a workshop because we take those two days and I have a lot of exercises and things that we do so you can start implementing what you're learning right on the spot you can start meeting other people to make some of those relationships because you know what man you can't do it alone we need help we need accountability we need support and yes sometimes our families are great at that but they don't understand everything that we're going through or can help you know even with some of the technical or marketing or whatever it might be so i really want to help people move the needle and then if they want even additional help like we have an additional an optional mastermind day for just 10 people and i do a retreat in a vacation home over the summer in walt disney world because again uh, sometimes we need that face-to-face -face human interaction and somebody to help you know not only just hold your hand but support and even maybe even push you along the way too yeah when i was when i was in um, seventh and eighth and ninth grade, I, uh, <clears throat> I would go to a, a Bible camp, uh, for, for a week, for a week long up in Roscommon, Michigan, uh, called Bambi Lake. And I remember being up there, um, uh, one time and, and the pastor, the youth pastor up there, who was the lead guy, I remember him talking about what he referred to as the mountaintop experience. The, when you go to one of those things, you feel great. You feel amazing. You feel, rejuvenated and you have all these plans about how you're going to change your life and do things differently when you get back, but then you get back and you're not on the mountaintop anymore. You're back to your life. You're back to reality. And I believe Jim Rohn refers to that as the law of diminishing intent. So you have all this great intent, but as your circumstances change and you get back to the realities of your world, that stuff starts to pick back up. And that's what happened with you and your notebook, right? Your notebook, you had all these great ideas, but then it sat there because life started again. It's, so, what, happens, it's what happens in Remember the Titans, where they go away to camp in the bond. And yeah. Then they the real world. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It's a perfect example. <laughs> then they get back in the real world and, and the world's hurling stuff at you. So what you're ultimately doing is, is, is starting to fire those synapses early enough so that when they get back and they start to slip, they've got the network to be able to, it's almost like having a workout buddy with you, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're going to hold you accountable. You know, it, 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 it's amazing to me how many moments in our life are made about those random network connections that you make. I mean, even this conversation 
is based out of the fact that we randomly bumped into you, each other at Star Wars Celebration, right? And that I was a, a listener of your show and you were doing a, a live, you know, a live from Galaxy's Edge exhibit and, and I fanboyed out. And, and from there we had a conversation and, you know, clearly you are the same person on air as you are off air. And, and we formed a connection and we've stayed in contact ever since via Facebook that's what life does and that's what it sounds to me like what you do with these these conferences and these retreats as you connect people so that they can take that next step absolutely i mean you 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 put it perfectly um because i do want to help people man you know look i i meet people all the time that say oh i hate my job i hate my boss i ain't going to work every day but i can't wait to go home and work on x well i think now Mm -hmm. we have the tools and opportunity to be able to do that um, and and yeah. I just sometimes, you know, I want to help people because when I started, I didn't have help and I, and I floundered around for a long time. Um, and, and I want to try and not only be somebody there for people, but help connect them to other people that can lift them up as well. And if yeah. I can offer any encouragement to listeners two months ago, when we started this podcast, I had never edited any type of audio in my life. <laughs> and now half the episodes that we release, I edit and I challenge you to figure out the ones that I have edited and the ones that Casey have edited. And you probably can't tell. I mean, a year ago, I didn't know how to do what I was doing. I had, I think I had dabbled once in the idea of a podcast and it came out like I was reading a script because that's exactly what I was doing. I was reading a script. And then in my other job, uh, we started looking into e-learning and, and distance learning and putting together e-courses. And so I had to very quickly learn how to manipulate sound and how to record and how to do all this stuff. And it's just one of those things that you self-teach yourself. You go to Google, you start to look at this stuff up. What are the applications you need? But if you've got that connection with somebody who's been there, it's how awesome is it to be able to pick up the phone and text them and say, Hey, what about this? Or, Hey, can you help me with this? Or do a quick FaceTime. And you know that they're there to help you. It, it's a trustworthy colleague in that moment. You know, what we're trying so, to say is you can do it. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. And then when we get back, we are going to continue with Lou Mangiello. Hey, beers and airs listeners, Casey and Matt here. You've heard us talk about our partner, Riss and Cal. You know, we've touched on their wireless earbuds, which connect right to your smartphone, but they've also got a lot of other great stuff as well. I use their four-in-one charging station every day. It can charge my phone, a smartwatch that charges with a magnet, and even my earbuds. You can also check out their Bluetooth selfie stick, a three-in-one charger, and even a silicone accessory kit that comes in either black or white. Yeah, you know, this company checks the two boxes that I love in a product, which is great quality product without having to pay an arm and a leg. I've been playing around with the accessory kit. So this comes with uh, rubber things for the earbuds so they don't fall out of my ears and things to hold the earbuds so they stay in. I always have a terrible time with that. And these uh, work like a charm. So go to fourfrills.com shop and use coupon code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S. You'll get 15% off your order, plus a free $10 gift of your choice when you spend $50 or more. And if you have trouble picking just one thing, they've even got a 31-piece bundle that includes everything. Don't forget that a portion of their profits will go to help local charities in need. All right, back to the show. 
All right, welcome back. Um, so we're here with Lou Mangello. He is our special guest. So Lou, it, it's almost a little bit of kismet here, a little bit of fate that here we are, the day we're recording this happens to be May 26th. Disney has announced that tomorrow they're going to be revealing their reopening plans for kind of what's happening uh, with COVID and coronavirus and stuff. And of course, by the time this releases, th that will already be out. So I don't really want to speculate about what their plans will be per se. But what I really want to pick your brain about, both Matt and I both, is kind of what do you think Disney's going to be like over the course of the next 12 to 18 months? What do we think's going to change do we think any of the plans that they've announced are going to get pushed back what just i mean this is where you immerse yourself what what do you think beyond just the opening plans they're probably they're going to announce tomorrow what do you think disney's going to look like let's say short term next 90 days medium term next six to 12 months and then long term 12 months and beyond what do you think that's going to look like so first disclaimer is that I know nothing, right? So anything that I say going forward is complete and utter just fan speculation like all of us. Uh, all of I us. will preface it by saying that I did go to Disney Springs the morning that it opened. Um, mm -hmm. It was um, – I, I was live when I was there from the time that I parked to two hours later continuing to walk through. It was the most comfortable, easygoing – warm friendly welcoming experience even beyond what i thought it was it was wow. as if disney didn't skip a beat i felt like i was home again like i did i got a little choked up i'm not too proud to admit it and i was not the only <laughs> one so just to be back in that place to hear the music and yes we were in masks and yes there were some subtle markings on the ground but you could sense that the cast members were smiling from behind the masks. You could see it in their eyes and the way that they were. And, and that was super important because it didn't feel different to me. That mm -hmm. being said, I think what we're going to probably see again, asterisk, I know nothing. What I think we're probably going to see is a, a, a clearly a phased opening, not just in terms of, the percentage of people of guests that are going to be allowed in, whether it be 25, 30, somewhere in that range of, of, of guest capacity. What I would expect to happen is a, a slow roll. And what I mean by that is I don't expect all four parks to open right away. I would expect magic kingdom first, maybe, maybe, maybe also galaxy's edge just because hi, mm -hmm. it's galaxy's edge. I also don't know that they're just going to, it's not going to be frozen, right? not just going to open up the gates. Um, I think it's probably going to be limited to either Florida residents and or Disney Vacation Club members, which will mm -hmm. make it be self-limiting right out of the gate. I don't know how they're going to do the resorts, um, you know, in terms of which resorts are going to open, what the capacity is going to be. I think when you get to Magic Kingdom, yeah, for a while it's going to be different. I, I think there's going to be, you know, whether it's directional markers on the grounds or, or like when you go to Target, you can enter this way, exit this way, follow yeah. certain things. What I was happy that I didn't see in, in Disney Springs, I also don't expect to see in the parks, there's nothing that was preventative and what i mean by that was there were no physical stanchions there was nobody blocking you there was nobody telling you what you can't do look i, I think it's a subtle but important differentiator on the ground were not these big red signs saying do not stand here instead mm -hmm. they were small themed subtle things that said please stand here 
And there's a huge mm. psychological difference to say, you do not do this, as opposed to, please, you can come and stand here. I, I know it sounds stupid, but I think it makes a difference in the minds of guests. So I expect that same sort of welcoming feeling to be in Magic Kingdom. Certainly the cast, you know, look, Walt said he can design and create the most magical place in the world that takes people to make a dream a reality. The proof is going to be in the pudding when Magic Kingdom opens its gates again, because those cast members are the ones who are going to make us feel comfortable. I, I don't know, honestly, man, how, if at all, um, fireworks and parades are going to be handled. I, I'm not sure mm-hmm. that I expect them to be there opening day. And time's going to tell. You know, it's hard for me to look out three months, six months, because we don't know, you know, what's going to be happening with COVID. Um, are we going to get another surge? Are we going to get another spike? Um, I think those are going to be some of the unknowns that are going to help direct. But I will tell you, and to be again, to be clear, I went back to Disney the first day because I knew that Disney was going to do even more so than they quote unquote had to do. I knew I would feel safe there. And that's why I'll be back in Magic Kingdom the day that it opened. Because not only is it my happy place, I know how it's... Look, I'm going to cry. I'm not going to... I'm not even going to, like, sugarcoat it. I'm going to bawl when I walk back in there again. You're me up right now. I mean, I... Yeah, man, I don't care. Right now. Well, Um, your your video at Disney Springs, uh, I told you this offline, it... I mean, I felt like I was there. I could feel the breeze, you know, waving the palm trees, the sun beating down. And, you know, the the day after you posted that video, I, I had went on my Facebook feed and I had put this the status up that just knowing, and I'm going to choke up right now, just knowing that a part of Disney is open right now just makes me feel a little bit better. Yep. I, 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 just, I, it's I don't know It's our safe why. place. I mean, I'm, I'm thousands of miles away, but it is. I mean, my mom bought me this little tiny plaque because I'm, I'm in my Disney room. I'll have to send you a couple pictures of it. It's a loaded room, my office. And my mom bought me this little plaque when I took her to Disney back in 2017. She brought it with her. And it just says my happy place. And, and, and it sits in my room. And let's say this. Disney Springs is the outdoor mall of Disney World. <laughs> like, 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 I don't want to say that's not magical, but it's not like a, a park opened up. And this is how, and, and I'm, I, th- I feel this exact same way, all three of us. The outdoor mall at Disney World opened, and we're like, what? <laughs> and are cheering up. And... Yep. Right, and there's no characters. There's no parades. There's no fireworks. But man, you can tell you're in, di- like, just the background music and the yeah. hearing people laughing again and just it did man it, it it was an amazing feeling to be back there again and again it's gonna be you know exponentially greater when um when we step foot again in magic kingdom yeah well i know matt you we have some other thoughts that are less about covid and just more about just disney in general and, and lose takes so matt i'm gonna let you ask some of those questions yeah, I mean, we we while you're here, we got to get your favorites. So when when you are into Magic Kingdom, what is your like go to ride? This is the one that I love. You know, it's funny, man. Like I, I'm a classic guy. Like I love Haunted Mansion, and but it's, there's something about riding the TTA and just ah, watching yes. the people and hearing the music and that it you know i don't ride attractions every time i go but i try and hit tta every time at magic kingdom when we were there in uh february my 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 fiance and i were there in february and we we, we hit magic kingdom pretty much every day we were there because 
we were able to. And we tried to ride the TTA every time we were there. And every time we were there, we would be in line and it would break down. <laughs> and we could we could not ride the darn thing for the life of us because I wanted to point out to him yours and my favorite pun, paging Mr. Morrow. <laughs> Mr. Tom Morrow. And, 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 uh, cause he, he doesn't remember that. And I was like, Oh my God, you've got to hear this. But yeah, the TTA is cause you get to see the, your ride past Epcot there. And, and, uh, uh, it's such a, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm a, I'm a carousel of progress guy myself. I oh, love yeah. carousel. I, I actually, when um, his hand fell off, you remember that from a couple months ago, <laughs> I was in the show one show prior to that happening. Oh, no kidding. And something was off. We could feel it. Uh, the, the the sound was off. And he was actually shaking in our show. So I knew something was weird. And then sure enough, I get an alert on my phone. The uh, poor guy <laughs> falls off. I'm like, <laughs> it had to have been in the show right after we were in that. It was, it was funny. I think this, this shows how well Disney does at creating an awesome atmosphere to be in. That the TTA is by no means the the top attraction that they're putting on all their marketing and posters. And yet we all were like, yeah, that's awesome. I love this. Um, The one for me that is always so underrated. And every time I go to it, I'm always like, wow, why aren't more people going to this? It's the monsters Inc laugh floor that, (laughs) that, that it's a live comedy show and that boggles my mind. Um, and, and I, everything from like it rains and a rainy day parade pops up. And it's like, there's all these like little things that just enhance your visit that you just don't get at regular themed entertainment. I'm going to ask you a question, Lou, you know, knowing how much of a star Wars crazy nut that you are like the rest of us, but, and this is more of a, this or that, I guess, you know, you've had a chance now to ride, you know, rise of the resistance several times. I had a chance to ride it when I was there in February. What is your take? Do you feel that rise of the resistance from a, you know, best ride on property perspective? Do you feel that it takes out flight of passage? Do you feel flight of passage is still superior? What What's your take on that? Or is there another ride on property that you think is better than the two of those? I mean, I definitely think the two of them are battling for the top spot. Um, uh again you you know fine i've admitted it before i'm a crier like the first time i rode (laughs) flight of passage i got choked up like because i felt like i would like there was this breathing living creature under me and i flew when i was in that cave i was like my god like this is just spectacular Mm. on fries of resistance i was out and out right practically weeping because (laughs) you know it's what i grew up with man and spoiler alert when you enter the room with the adats and even before that when you enter the the deck um of the star destroyer the hangar of the star destroyer and there's that cavernous room and that wall that video wall like good gandhi man there's nothing yeah. i've ever seen like that before and the thing that's different about star wars rise of resistance than flight of passage is when flight of passage is over it's over and you walk out and yes you're in pandora but Flight of Passage, uh, but Rise of the Resistance, you don't know. The lines are blurred as to where the attraction begins and where it ends because yeah. the land itself is an attraction. It is so immersive that everything that you do, even when you come out, you still don't feel like it's over. Yes, the ride, you're out of the ride vehicles, but the ride's not over because this land is a living 
breathing, very dynamic thing again because of the quote unquote the resonance of Batu. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think Rise is is probably the best attraction, certainly domestically, um, in any of the Disney parks. I hate yeah, to it, right it, now. yeah. Matt has not had a chance to experience Rise. It's not that great, Matt. You're not missing anything. Don't worry. About <laughs> oh, it. But, no, I'm with you though. In terms of you don't really know when the thing begins. I mean, even the queue itself. I mean, it, it feels like you're you're gearing up. You're 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 amping up. You know. And again, I'm not going to spoil this part, but Lou, the first part of the attraction when you're in the transport, right? And yeah. and and it gets and the way they make that happen and suddenly you're not where you think you're supposed to be and you exit the same way. You, like, holy smokes. I still, to this day, was trying to figure out how they did that. And, and it, and that's just the first part. That's not even the main part of the, uh, the attraction, but yeah. Do you have a favorite restaurant at Walt Disney world? That oh, again, boy. Is, is be like, I, I'm eating here. Can, can I answer for Lou? I, sure. I know. I knew. I knew uh, it's called the Boathouse. That is his favorite <laughs> restaurant. Tell him Lou sent you because it is his favorite. But honestly, just say food and, and Lou's there. Right, I'm in. Lou? I'm there in. you go. Yeah, if you were at I, Disneyland, it's the cozy cone cone. <laughs> yeah, brother. Yeah, man. You see, we're friends, right? You can tell. You know me. I know, we're going to have to eat together at a Disney yes. park. That's what we Next need to I'm do. I'm down there. I'm going to have to message you and just like, you got to come, come, come and let's hang out. <laughs> I, I will. I'll qualify the answer and say I, Boathouse is my favorite place to go. But inside a park, um, I, I love Japanese food and Japanese culture. And mm-hmm. there's a very small nondescript door on the right hand side of the Japan Pavilion in Epcot. And Takumite is probably without question like the best overall dining experience in Disney World far and away. Victoria and Alberts, I'm looking at you like it is that good. Mm. We just did an episode earlier. um, One of the segments we do on our show is uh, a con- it's called convince me. It's where one of us tries to convince the other person that uh, some, some kind of a Disney hot take. So for example, he tried to convince me one of the very first episodes that the Incredibles was a top three Pixar movie. Um, I did one where I convinced him that Splash Mountain was the best ride at Magic Kingdom and top was a top three, I think at, at Walt three, Disney yes. World top three at Walt Disney world. So we just did an episode earlier where um, Mike convinced me to him what, and this will folks, this will be airing in a couple, couple of weeks. Uh, uh, it was a convinced me that Tusker house is the best uh, character meal on property. And I laid out all my reasons. I love Tusker house. It is my go-to restaurant. Every time I'm there, I love that restaurant. I just think that it's, it's a buffet, but it's got different types of food. It's got the experience of the characters. It's got the pog juice. I know, you know, the pog juice. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and of course you can add the rivers of light, um, dinner package to it at no extra charge. And you got yourself a, whole day's worth of entertainment you know uh i I absolutely love that you're all fancy i'm i I get excited to eat at cosmic rays because i get to watch a set of sunny (laughs) (laughs) what is your favorite snack at walt disney world i know that's tough let's go sweet snack because it's hard to go savory and sweet what is your favorite sweet snack at Walt? oh man that's tough you know i'm not really a huge sweet guy um you're a sweet guy lou what you talking oh, thank about you. i I, wow, I gotta think about that I, you know i don't know um gosh for sweets um or even just one of them even if you can't pick one 
So I'm literally like I'm rushing through the parks like mentally, <laughs> like in my mind. Like, well, if this, I are you a give... are you a Dole Whip or a Citrus Swirl guy? You know, I'm old school, man. Just give me the You're Dole Whip, just just yeah. the way Walt intended it. Um, <laughs> and for my savory, this is the lamest answer ever in the whole wide world. But give me a box of popcorn on Main Street, USA, yeah. and I'm a happy man. There is nothing yeah. lame about that. There is just it, nope. it tastes different on Main Street, USA. Yes, it does. Exactly. It does. It does, and there's nothing better than carrying a box of popcorn down Main Street, USA. You got the, the the castle music in the background. You're strolling around the hub grass. I love sitting on hub grass. I don't know about you. It's a nice sunny day out, 75 degrees. You pop yourself down in some hub grass with some popcorn. It's the best day ever. <laughs> it really... A blanket statement that says pretty much anything in my life would be improved at Disney World. Like my taxes, <laughs> doing my taxes would be improved. <laughs> If you're like, you know what? You get to do it right. Sitting on the hub grass, like looking at the castle. I do my taxes for six hours. <laughs> so let me ask you this question, Lou. This is a, a speculative question. What would you like to, so, you know, once we get past all this craziness and we get, we get through the, obviously the 50th anniversary is going to be huge. We're, you know, we're hoping that even despite all this with the 50th anniversary, we're going to start to see a lot of fun stuff. You know, the Neutron coaster, the Ratatouille ride, the Guards of Galaxy. Let's, let's get through all of that. Where do you want to see the parks go next? Like this is something you cover for a living. This is something you do for a living. You know, we lots of massive plans on the horizon. Where would you like to see them invest next? Man, how much time do you have? Right. Like, so, (laughs) you know, I, I, and I'm not saying that anything needs to be updated because I love the park just the way it is. Um, Uh What I would expect to maybe see come on the horizon would be, an update to Tomorrowland. Um, mm-hmm. I think Tron is going to sort of usher in the next generation of what Tomorrowland is going to look like. And listen, if they want to put in an end of line club, like a cool yes. Tron legacy theme, I'm down. Like yes. not in the bar, just a place uh, to go and eat and snack and stuff. Special kind of drinks that aren't even alcoholics. They're just special drinks. Exactly. I mean, that would be awesome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, yeah. So I, I think Tomorrowland is going to get some love. I'm certainly excited for what is to come to Epcot. I think what was announced at D23 is probably... Yeah. And although some things may get pushed back, I think it's only phase one of what we're going to see of a continuing update to Epcot. Um, I would not be surprised to finally see a new World Showcase pavilion or World Showcase expansion added. Um, There was talks of it years ago of expanding the World Showcase lagoon and adding sort of a a second little lagoon. I'm not so sure that that's an idea that has ever been forgotten about. And in a perfect, like, seven-year-old Lou Mangiello, if wishes could come true kind of thing. If we could just end all this nonsense with the Marvel licensing and just get some Marvel build Avengers tower and let's just have at it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what's, what's up with that. I don't know if it's universal just has said, no, we're not going to give it to you. Or if Disney just hasn't come in with a big enough offer. I I really, it, it, it does shock me that, They've not been able to figure that out. I mean, you would think that Universal could go to DC and 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 buy the rights yeah. to DC and reconvert Superhero Island to their Marvel Island to Superhero Island very easily, and, and then suddenly they don't have to pay the rights to Disney anymore for for you know that, that just it blows my mind that that has not happened for yet. characters that aren't. I mean, remember these are comic book versions 
of the characters from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. So there's a a, a huge disconnect for Universal fans. Look, you guys take The Simpsons, you give us back Marvel, everybody goes home happy, hasta la vista, and, you know, we all go on our way. Yeah, I mean, and I wonder if if with that merger with with 20th Century Fox, if if Disney might use the Simpsons as leverage or some of those, you know, they could, they could very easily give universal, the Simpsons family guy, American dad, some of that other content from mm-hmm. Fox to give them in, in exchange for those rights. Cause again, they're, they're, they're paying copyright yep. <laughs> fees yep. on all of that stuff. You know, it, it blows my mind. I mean, it makes sense that Disney's going then with guardians of the galaxy for, and all the parks, but you know, even we covered what is coming to Avengers campus. Um, at some point, um, we don't exactly know when, and everything that came out for that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish this would come to Disney World. Like, holy cow! Mm-hmm. Um, you, you you hear all the stuff they have planned. I mean, down to the shawarma cart, which I, 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 that might be the <laughs> thing I'm most excited about. Although all the listeners on our show are like, gosh, she's going on about shawarma again. <laughs> Try shawarma, people. I'm gonna keep on this crusade until all of you have tried shawarma. I'm Do with you, right brother now. Matt. I'm with you, man. I'm I'm down. So. <laughs> Well, I am out of questions myself. Uh, Matt, do you have anything else that you'd like to ask? I've got one more personally. So my, my, my last thing here. So I am a fan of the new Mickey cartoons. And, and Casey can speak into this. And all of my fellow Disney Store, uh, former Disney Store cast members at the store can speak into this. Anytime a Mickey cartoon came on our DVD loop, it took me maybe two or three times to memorize the entire song. Like the rainbow caverns. And then uh, anytime that came on, I would uh, enthusiastically sing and dance throughout this entire thing. And so I love the Mickey Mouse cartoons. So not many people maybe have ridden Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway because it it came out and then all this craziness happened. What what was your what what do you what did you think of that ride? Because I really want it to be good. So you know what's funny it, when they announced it, I'm like, wait a minute, they're right. There is no Mickey Mouse attraction here. How is that even mm-hmm. possible? Yeah. And when I saw some of the initial concept art. I'm not going to lie. Like, I have a bit of a disconnect from the latest iteration of Mickey. I think as we grew up, we have our version of Mickey, right? So I'm a pie-eye Mickey guy from, you know, I was was born in the late 60s. So 70s, 80s, that was sort of my Mickey Mouse. But I had had met Kevin Rafferty a few times before, and when he would do, like, pressers and stuff, he'd be like, just wait until you hear this song and he's going on and on and on he's like it's an earworm and the song of the song of the song i'm like could it be like is it another small world like did he did he catch lightning in a bottle again i will tell you man the attraction is super fun there are a gazillion cool little easter eggs and nothing can stop us now he's right it it absolutely like gets stuck in your head and you walk out and you're sort of heads bopping and you're singing a little bit and it's really neat. And it's what I love about the attraction overall is that it's such a it's a perfect family friend. It's exactly what Walt wanted. It's an attraction that families could ride and enjoy together. Oh, I, I'm don't get me wrong, I'm very excited to ride Galaxy anything in Galaxy's Edge. And it, it I know Galaxy's Edge is probably better than that ride, but I'm also Loki just as excited to ride that ride when I'm there next. <laughs> 
that one we had just missed it by three weeks two weeks i want to say when we were there in february and you know they were gearing up they had all the ropes out and all that stuff and it was like ah man how cool would it be if we could walk up and they gave us a sneak peek you know because i know sometimes they do that but yeah i'm excited to ride that right i've heard really good things about it i love the great movie ride i thought the great movie ride was great in there but it definitely had run its course they were definitely not giving it that's due reverence the way that they probably should have so it's nice to see them you know they're 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 doing something for the new generation that is growing up with this Mickey Mouse. And you're 100% right, Lou, that, um, you know, every generation has its Mickey Mouse. You know, I'm a, you know, I grew up in the 90s. So I'm that whole like Disney afternoon Mickey Mouse, if you will. Uh, you know, that more wholesome looking Mickey Mouse. I, I don't even know how to describe it, but you know, you know who I'm talking about. So, so, but no, honestly, I cannot say thank you enough for for coming on and really nerding out with us for almost an hour that's basically what we did uh <laughs> it's pretty cool do you is there anything else you'd like to say or add or uh, say to our our family and friends listening to our show no i just thank you guys so much this, this was a ton of fun you guys are like doing an amazing job like keep up the good work i just love the the comfort level and the rapport and you just made me feel you know so good uh, the entire time i was here and if anybody wants to connect with me online uh, all my disney stuff is at www.radio.com uh my uh, entrepreneurial and if i can help you somehow is at lumangelo.com and i am at lumangelo on all social and if you want to get a hold of us as you know from every show we do uh you can reach out to us on facebook at beers and ears podcast you can also reach us at beers and ears 1928 at gmail.com uh you can also reach us on instagram and twitter beers ears 1928 uh get lots of fun emails and fan mail and interact with us on facebook like lou said the best part of this that matt and i love every second is when we get a chance to interact with you and you give us some feedback and we just go and have a chance to do that on the show um and then uh new episodes every tuesday and friday so that is very exciting stuff um it's been a great episode matt is there anything else you want to add before we take off no it looks like it's closing time um let's raise a glass this episode has been on us thanks so much for joining us and lou thank you again Thank you guys so much. Cheers. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye.